Yeah, taking a holiday for the mind. <laughs> theme for the retreat, or a theme you may like to pick up. I could use a holiday. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to pick up. As you probably know, holidays, uh, we start to plan our holidays, they often become a real headache. You, know, you do the planning, you book the travel agents, you make the flight arrangements, the car breaks down, you get the, ins- you get the luggage packed, you get the kids in the car, you suddenly feel sick, so you change that, you find you're late for this, and you get the traffic jam, you get to the, to the airport and it's late, and you're late, and you change your flights, you get and you're stressed out, and you get to the hotel, and the food is lousy, and the waiters are surly, and the hotel lift doesn't work, and then the kids get sick again, and you're fed up, and it rains, and you want to go home. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> and you're glad to get home again, when you actually relax, with his damned holiday. <laughs> all, the, all the effort that you went into having your holiday. Yeah. So, because when we start to sort of, uh, you know, the way the mind constructs these things and the, the things that should be enjoyable, as we construct them, our intensities and our goal orientation, our getting there, habits just go right in, you know. Maybe a holiday is just sitting in the traffic jam in the rain, watching the windscreen wipers, flicking backwards and forwards and feeling, accepting it. <laughs> Rather than getting upset and angry and panicking about it all. You know. Sometimes meditation is like that. How much effort is needed to have a have a rest? How much effort is needed for meditation? Mm-hmm. How do you come out of the hindrances, the obstructions, and obstacles? How do you settle into a sense of composure and collectedness? It's like, how do you have a holiday? You see how it can, the very uh, good intentions we can have and the aims we can have end up making us feel less composed, less still, less at ease with ourselves, less uh, accepting, less spacious, less allowing. Effort, right? Effort is a is a um, a skill, all right. But I think one of the things, just as we have to, you know, we meditate in order to learn how to concentrate, learn how concentration happens, rather than concentrate in order to get good at meditating. You know, 
the process that we undertake in a practice uh, is to really find out how does the mind come into stillness and composure? How, is it, how does it settle itself? How do we stop bullying it? How do we stop pushing it and tightening it and twisting it and berating it? How do we stop abandoning it? So, yeah, because it can go in those extremes, can't it? You know, you push it and make it this way and try to make it that way, then you, oh, and you just abandon it and just spin off. And it kind of oscillates between those things. Mm-hmm. So, meditating, or in order to understand how how effort arises how effort, the factors of effort come around from right view mm. and um, you know, so that the effort we come is, we're not using immense amount of effort to climb the wrong mountain or even climbing a mountain where we should be sailing that, you know, sailing takes effort it's not like climbing a mountain. You want to know what you're doing rather than just blindly storm off into the into the dark with all your tackle on, and your crampons and your ice pick and your backpack and somebody, somebody tells you, eventually you find out you're in a boat and you should have been sailing and you've got all this unnecessary gear. Mm. So there is, there is an effort. I think one of the things that's um, helpful is tuning in you know, one, one way in which samma is translated, and I don't know Pali that well, but some the Venerable Tanisaro, um, who has some interesting translations, but he, he associates with tuning the whole samma thing as a tuning quality. A, sum, a summoner is someone who's tuned in. And, um, you know, so effort that's tuned in. Samadhi that's tuned in, samma samadhi, samma uh, vayamo, samma ajivo, tuned in. Effort that doesn't pull us apart, you know? It's like when your goals and aims and ideas and hopes are kind of have moved so far, moved along, but they haven't taken you with them. So you haven't really got in touch with what, where you are right now, you know, what's happening for you. So, you know, there's just this sankara process, just programming. These are not deliberate intentions. These are, can be built-in reflexes and psychologies. And one of the um, these are what a sankara are these these reflex programs, mental programs, mental conditions, mental formations, um, wiring, mm-hmm. uh, and the one simple theme of the practice is in the in the release from sankara, in the ceasing or the laying, the quelling of sankara. 
there is the realization of Nibbana. So this Sankara thing is a very important bit, isn't it? It's the crux in some way. It's when we see the crux. So what are these Sankaras? What, what is a Sankara anyway? Sankara is always bound up with volition, with some movement, some pushing forward, some intention, some aim, some getting somewhere. That's their kind of energy. You can feel it crackle, the drive, they grip, they push, they thrust, they they want. And there are good ones and bad ones. But they have a certain compulsive quality to them. You know? You think you're doing them, but they're doing you. you know, they are, and because they're wired in, they become our habits, and our habits are very, uh, not just the superficial habits, very deeply ingrained psychologies. Mm-hmm. Go around, uh, and at the deepest level, these are the psychologies that um, self, sense of self, and the self is always in relationship to being something, becoming something, getting somewhere, having something, knowing something. It's always affiliated, linked up to acquiring, defending, holding. So it's an unsatisfied tension. And Sankaras keep rationalizing that or justifying that you've got to get somewhere you've got to make this work mm. so they, they get you going Chitta Sankara you have Chitta which is uh, just spirit if you like the mind as spirit it's it's uh, Knowing, very fundamental things, never absent. It's always there, jitta. So whether the sankaras are good or bad, failing, winning, losing, high, low, there's always a jitta there. It's always some presence of knowing. And you realize this is the most basic thing. So sometimes we're just needing to, to um, just get some perspective on what is jitta and what is sankara, what is the real quality of spirit, of mind as spirit, and as mind as construction. Mind as jitta, mind as jitta sankara, mind as the constructions, whether they're good constructions or wonky, whatever they are. They're constructed and they keep constructing. They construct a self. They construct a future. They construct a past. They construct territory. They construct goals and aims. Winning and losing. That's what they construct. They construct themselves. They complicate matters with even more things to win and lose and be and not be. You know, so our definitions refine and change from, say, worldly values, conventionally speaking, to spiritual values, to, you know, whether we're working or 
chanting or meditating or being a monk or being a lay person, whatever it is, you know, we can shift the furnishings, we can shift the, the colorings, but the basic constructions, constructing programs continue. And they never find a place of enough. This is the, you know, this is one, one way of the same old message you must have heard. So, just to say, you know, what she just know that. It's time bound, it's always moving forward in time, it sees things in terms of time, sankara, progress, what tomorrow, build up, increase, fail, decrease, decline, can I make it, can I, you know, these kinds of, these are all Sankara influenced, time bound. And Chitta doesn't have a time to it, so it's, say, present moment, present moment awareness, we could say. Now, I don't think that just, just even getting that picture is enough. There are certainly, it requires uh, steady application and tuning in to keep weaning the spirit from falling under the power of these constructions. These are not. This is not a small matter. You've got to kind of wean the mind from favouring and inclining towards constructing. This is. This is. This takes. This is definitely something that is a deepening process. Mm say, weaning it from the obviously unskillful instructions of violence, abuse, greed, grabbing, you know, immoral constructions to, and into less immoral, but more just punitive ones, like beating yourself up, setting up impossibly high goals, uh, not looking after yourself, not caring for yourself, losing touch with yourself. These are, these are often the level of Sankara that we don't, we haven't necessarily understood and uh, come out of. So even when we're practicing morality externally, we're not necessarily practicing it internally, really towards ourselves. We're all kind of empathy and warmth and friendship towards ourselves. Yeah. All, so it can be very much the case that we put that to one side Instead, you know, there comes up the goal sense of, you know, you, you, get, you get your pay if you do your work. Mm. So you're going to do something to prove something to get the feeling of feeling okay, but that doesn't work in meditation. You've got to start off feeling okay. Start off feeling for yourself where you are. And uh, then you're tuning in. And then the efforts a balanced, realistic, uh, in touch with what your energies, what your mind states, what your karma, if you like, what is capable of, what you're capable, what's suitable right now. So it's an in touch, in tuned energy. Mm. So often the... Um, 
you know, practice has to be always, there's no harm in being really simple. Uh, again, a construction can be towards the stricter, the more refined, the more advanced, the more esoteric. And, well, you know, mm, be aware, be cautious of these beliefs. Things move along, they become, you know, they, they develop in their own way. There's no harm in being really simple, trusting the movement of the spirit, that which brings us here voluntarily. Nobody's getting paid to meditate. You know, have a little meter how many minutes you clocked up today. Nobody's getting paid for it. So something that wants to do something, could we trust that? You know, what is that that, that aspires to awakening? Uh, it isn't something that you get immediately can define, but you get a kind of just using questions like that to to nudge something, to touch something, to nudge something. Hey, hey you, hey, come on, come out of the trance, hey. Before you were a Buddhist, before you were a meditator, what, what, hmm? before that, what's your original face, if you like? A simple thing. How do you know you're here? How do you know you have a body? Do you know you do you do you feel that? Do you have a body? How do you know it? Just nudging, simple, extending presence, extending awareness into the present. It's a widening of it stabilizing it, asking it to just take a little bit, breathe a little more deeply of the present with all its flavors and spices and tangs and sour patches and sweetness. Just encouraging to just take a little time to deepen, widen, soften. Maybe it's not that bad. Something that gives you back to yourself rather than pulls you away. Rather than pulls you away into the should be's and could be's and ought to be. Something that gives you back to yourself. Something that hands you back. Here you are. Keeps handing you back every time the sankaras pull you away, tighten you up, get you spinning, something that hands you back, sits you back down again, settles you down again, eases you back again. Here you are, here you are. That is a kind of an effort, just to keep acknowledging when we've tightened up, we're spinning, we're sinking, we're struggling, Something says, just wait, just pause right there. Don't 
Don't even make anything out of that. This is just totally normal. Mm. Just look at that moment. Look at that moment when you're feeling on the edge of lost, or feeling lost, or feeling oppressed, or feeling, yeah, losing ground, feeling lost, feeling oppressed, feeling pushed, struggling. Just pause on that moment. Where's your body? How is it? Soften, soften the attitude, soften the struggling, soften the demand to get out of the struggle, soften, widen, and return, let return happen. So widening widening the the circle of awareness. We get very much caught up in the the little dramas, you know life seen from this uh the internal drama is is a ongoing tragedy, isn't it? An ongoing calamity of never quite doesn't quite work. Why can't I make it? Something wrong with me. It's not fair. I don't, you know, that kind of thing. And you get really in there and struggle with all that. Life seen from the point of view of the spirit is a comedy. See? Well, you sure make a lot of, out of this. <laughs> I sure make a lot out of this. I really get in there, you know, get busy. It's like digging a trench trying to get to the bottom of it. You, the more you dig, the... You know. Yeah. So I'm sure these are not unfamiliar. But because they're not really technical, you have to, I just keep touching them, reminding them, because they, they're reminders or reminiscences that are addressing something other than our, our sankharas, other than our rational programs, other than our doing it energies. It's just, uh, just touching something. Mm. and encouraging all of us to to remember this to remember to keep touching that in ourselves you know, being coming back to where it, where you always were and you always had that space where you could pl- be playful, where you could be imaginative, where you could see the humorous side of things. You always had that. It's not somebody didn't tell you it. You didn't get instructed in how to how to have humour 
or how to be warm to yourself. You can't be instructed in it. You can be reminded of your capacity and to keep going there more often. Jitta is a natural, the natural spirit that makes it possible to be alive, I guess. To be really alive. So, remember, because <coughs> the path or the is out of forgetfulness, out of ignorance, out of not being in touch, out of ignoring. Reminders are important. But it is not an absence of being, an absence of remembering. So there's nothing you have to make or create, but one does have to keep the process of recognizing and remembering. Mm-hmm. And in a moment, it's like in a moment you're asleep, in a moment one nods, in a moment one's off. And in the dream it's busy and bristling and sagging and heaving and tight and compulsive and well, you know. And then in a moment whew, you can kind of, well, where was all that? <laughs> and the two... Uh, the chitta and the sankara so that we're just coming back out of the dream and then realizing we're going to lose it so it has to be a very patient effort to keep remembering straining limiting the amount of time we spend in the sankara in the habits and the attachments not by attaching more importance, meaning, selfhood, history to them. But in always knowing you're bigger than all this. Is that spirit is bigger than all this stuff. Remember this make remembering a practice not even a thought remembering as much as a touching touching the spirit touching the heart touching awareness as we sit, breathe feel our bodies, stand walk just notice the kind of uh, hidden instructions that get built in. Nobody said you couldn't move. Nobody says you couldn't open your eyes. Nobody says you can't stand up. Nobody says you can't stretch. How can we get so tight sitting down? You know? Where did all that instruction come from? 
you know, the assumption that don't kind of hold it, or maybe because somebody else is sitting still, you know, you've got to kind of hold it. Yeah. One person sitting still can be just relaxing, doing nothing. So just look up the what the instructions actually are and where the other ones come from. And you see the kind of where effort needs to be, where it has to be placed, where letting go has to happen, where gathering up occurs. With the gathering up the resource of confidence, of trust, of warmth, of collectedness, of value occurs. Mm. And uh, what has to be disconnected from, let go of. Then you begin to really see how your effort itself is something that's learnt and not learnt through the head but gradually matured into through the heart, through and perhaps this whole process of seeing and knowing and feeling the mistake is something that's essential aspect of our spiritual education.